everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, today we're looking at Acts 9 and 10, and I'm excited to talk through this story because this is the story of Saul meeting Jesus on the road and basically Saul being converted into a believer. This is a radical conversion, um, and a lot of times... This story is misunderstood, and that's why I'm excited to talk about it today, because a lot of times what people will do is they will quote the story of Saul and say, hey, you know what? Uh, Saul was confronted by Jesus. He gave his life to Christ. He, he, he became a believer, and immediately he started preaching the gospel. Uh, that is like a great example that you don't need to take time to understand what you believe. You don't need to take time to study. You don't need to take time to prepare. You just need to go out there and preach the word. And a lot of times people will apply this misunderstanding of the ministry of Paul um, to particularly, I think, uh, any any famous person that claims to be a Christian that wants to start speaking in the name of Jesus. And a lot of times when I see that happening, it, it happens all the time. A lot of times when I see that happening, I'm like, oh man, I think we should be cautious about this because a lot of times uh, people that get a lot of notoriety, especially because they're famous people and they came to know Jesus, a lot of times when they are thrown on the pulpit as a young Christian, uh, they flame out pretty quickly and they actually end up bringing a lot of embarrassment uh, to the name of Jesus. So I think when we misapply this story um, to stories today, like real people's stories today, um, it causes us to not have the kind of discerning spirit that we should, and we should be really careful about this. So we can, we'll can we'll start this from the top. We have seen uh, that Saul is just like a, like a, like a bloodthirsty, uh, murdering guy that is seeking to kill as many Christians as he possibly can. In fact, uh, when Jesus confronts him, he is on his way to Damascus so that he can continue persecuting Christians, killing Christians um, in the synagogues in Damascus. And Jesus confronts him. He goes blind. Um, (laughs) Jesus appears to Ananias and basically says, hey, uh, Saul is going to be in this this house. I want you to go over there. I want you to pray with him because he's a believer. And Ananias is justifiably concerned. Um, he's like, "Hey, Jesus, are you sure? Because like that's the guy that likes to kill people, and I'm just not sure about this." So it it, it makes sense that he takes a little bit of pause and he's a little bit nervous about this. Um, but he does it. He's obedient. He goes, he prays for Saul, and what happens is that Saul becomes a believer. The the uh, The scales that are in his eyes drop out of his eyes. He understands that it is Jesus who confronted him on the road, and he goes from persecuting Christians to preaching Christ um, pretty quickly. Now, the, the thing that is really important to call out here um, it's this is Acts nine. Let's see. Let's just let's just pick this up. Acts nine um, nineteen. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. Now, it makes sense that if you read this, it seems like, you know, he went to preaching Jesus right away, uh, because that's what it says. But if you look at Galatians uh, one seventeen, Galatians one seventeen. 
Uh, actually, we'll pick it up at the beginning of the thought. So this is probably be... Uh, let, let's do verse 15, Galatians 1 15. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who had called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned to Damascus. So when you read Galatians 1 17, it appears that between Acts 9.19 and Acts 9.20, uh, Paul goes away to Arabia to be instructed, to learn, to study, uh, to grow as a teacher, and then returns to Damascus. And a lot of people believe um, that when he was out in the desert, out in Arabia, it was actually Jesus himself who was instructing uh, Paul, and this this is how we get the idea that Paul is an apostle. You can only become an apostle by, um, like, personally interacting with Jesus, and Paul personally interacted with Jesus on the road to Damascus, but also in the desert in Arabia. So there's a couple things that are really important to understand here. Um, Saul, now Paul, uh, he was like a member of the Jewish ruling council. And so he really knew his stuff. Like he knew what the Old Testament taught. Now he was persecuting Christians um, because he did not correctly understand what the Old Testament taught, but he would have been wildly familiar uh, with the Old Testament scriptures and the way that people understood them. Then he withdraws to Arabia to study even further and most likely to study under Jesus, uh, learning that Jesus is in fact the coming Messiah. Then he returns to Damascus and then he starts to preach the gospel. And when he preaches the gospel, he's he's a pretty powerful speaker and a lot of people come to faith uh, because of what he has said. I mean, in fact, most of the New Testament is actually written by Paul. So we all have really benefited uh, from the ministry of Paul. It's just really important to call out that it it is not true um, that he was confronted by Jesus and immediately went about preaching. I recognize that the text does say that, um, but later on, from Paul's own account, that is not what he did. So I think we need to be really careful uh, about platforming people who are young believers. I think that is a really dangerous thing to do. I think a lot of times young believers uh, do a lot of false teaching by accident, and we just need to be really cautious. We need to disciple people well. Uh, we need to encourage young believers. It's good that they're excited. It's good that they want to teach. It's good that they want to share the message of Jesus. Um, but it's also not a bad thing to encourage people uh, to get to know who Jesus is, to get to know what Scripture says, to get to know how to handle Scripture correctly um, before you just let people go out willy-nilly and start preaching. And again, I see this happen so many times with particularly famous people because American Christians are suckers. Uh, for famous people that want to say good things about Jesus. And a lot of times their ministry flames out and they end up embarrassing themselves. They end up embarrassing Jesus um, because of the way they live their lives. So we just we just really need to be careful and not misapply this scripture. And I see it happening all the time. Um, so that's not, that's not to say that you're not valuable as a new Christian. It's not to say that you don't have a powerful ministry. It is to say like, hey, take some time learn what's going on. And actually, I say this from my own experience because uh, when I was pretty young, uh, I, I wanted to be a pastor in my home church. And it was actually the elders of my home church that were like, hey, 
it's cool that you want to be a pastor. We're not going to let you be a pastor. You're too young. You don't understand um, what's in the Bible. You don't understand how to teach the Bible. It's really going to benefit you uh, to go and learn and then be a teacher, then be a preacher. And I was really mad. Uh, I thought that that was like a, a terrible thing for them to say to me. I was very upset with them. And now I'm super, super thankful uh, that those guys called that out in me and encouraged me to study and to grow so that my ministry would be enriched and I would honor Christ with the things that I taught and the things that I say. And so I'm thankful for that. I was not in the moment, uh, but I am now. And I think a lot of times those are the kind of conversations we need to be having. So um Spent a lot of time talking about that story. Uh, P- Peter raises Dorcas from the dead. It's kind of hilarious to me that it's just a couple verses. It's not. It doesn't even get a lot of attention. Uh, but Peter is doing a lot of miracles. Uh, Peter is at this Tanner's house, and he gets called to Cornelius, who is a Gentile. And Peter goes and preaches the gospel uh, to this Gentile household. And we start to see that Jesus... Uh, came to preach the kingdom, the gospel, uh, to the Jews first. And now we're expanding uh, beyond the Jews to the Gentiles. You think about it's um, Acts 1.8 that kind of lays the groundwork for what's going to happen here. Uh, Acts 1 says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. If you think about the people that are in these places, uh, Jerusalem and Judea are, are very similar kind of Jewish areas. Samaria would have like a common understanding, but they would have a different culture. We actually just saw uh, Philip in Samaria. And then the ends of the earth is is literally beyond that like Jewish pocket of the world uh, to the Gentile parts of the world, to people who historically have been really far from God. Now God is drawing them near. And we're seeing that story uh, come to fruition with Peter uh, preaching to Cornelius and the Gentiles with Cornelius um, receiving the gospel, uh, being baptized, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, I love Acts. These stories are just incredible. There are so many stories packed in here. Um, As far as your part, hey, I I hope you hear me on this thing uh, talking through Paul. It's really, really, really important um, that when you think about Paul's conversion, you factor in Paul's own account from Galatians 1.17. He did not start preaching and teaching without really sharp preparation. And so I just encourage you, you know, if you feel that God is calling you toward ministry, uh, I encourage you to take time to prepare well, uh, to study, to grow, uh, to stir your affections for Christ so that you really bring honor to his name when you speak and bring people uh, the message of Jesus. And I think too, that if, you know, you, you might feel like you're, you're not, well, we're all called to share the gospel. Um, so I think we all should take preparation seriously. And if you're, if you're in a circle where there's some, some young Christians around you, um, don't be shy about encouraging those young Christians to firm up their own faith, stir their own affections for Christ, uh, get to know the scriptures, um, before they start to step out and preach and teach a lot, um, just to make sure that we are teaching proper doctrine. And that's in line with what, uh, Paul encourages Timothy later on. It's how Paul encourages Titus later on, um, to fan into flame the gift that God has given you. There's there's no shame in saying, hey, you're young. Uh, we really want to see you grow in who you are in Christ before you step out and start to do a lot more ministry. Uh, take the time you need to prepare. That's exactly what Paul did. So I'm, I'm always excited to kind of correct that misunderstanding. Um, if you don't believe me, dig into it for yourself. 
and read it for yourself. But that's your part. Don't be afraid of preparation. And don't be afraid to encourage other people to pursue preparation. It's a good thing. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be looking at Acts 11 and 12. And I'm sure there's a lot packed in there as well. See you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Acts chapter 9. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise, and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem, and of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. 
But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarshish. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Ananias, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you, rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men with him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him and weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Chapter 10 At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean. Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? 
And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I am just a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I ask then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore... We are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all the oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.